2: Free dessert for life at HomeChef.com slash locked on. That's HomeChef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. HomeChef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked
0: On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: You are locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Angstead, host of the Lockdown Mavericks podcast. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor of Mavs.com, my co-host of On Mavericks. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I mean, is this I mean, the most exciting basketball we've seen in how long?
4: I mean, I think you can legitimately make an argument that that fourth quarter was more exciting than anything that happened in the finals. I mean, is that like an exaggeration? Am I just in the moment right now? Cause I was on the edge of my couch and I didn't even like care that much who won. I just love the
0: intensity of everything. It's amazing. This all-star game, the format change, there's just so many elements that made it work. And what we're going to talk about in this first segment is just the all-star game. We'll talk to, um, we'll talk to Doug Branson later about the rising stars game. We'll talk to Philip Rossman Reich from Locked uh, lockdown magic about the Aaron Gordon slam dunk contest. We'll talk all about that later in another segment, but for this first segment, Isaac and I are going to talk about the All-Star Game and the changes in the format. I'm sure you guys have all seen it by now. You've all heard, read the stories and seen things. But the change in the format to make it basically first to this number wins brought out so many things in, the, in these guys. But the key for it, and we we both agree on this, is the kids being there. The kids with the different shirts. like You literally have the energy from the audience with these kids. You could hear on the broadcast, and I'm sure you could hear even better on on the court you have these energy from these sections of kids that these two teams are representing because of these charities going back and forth and uh when one team would score that that section would cheer and back and forth like that i think made this and so if they continue this format which they should that has to be part of it you have to have the charities you have
4: to have the kids there and they didn't put them in you know, the upper decks. They didn't put them in a press box. They didn't put them on the mid-level or anything like that. They put them on the court, like in one of the lower bowl sections, and they were into it all game. Like in, I think the first time I literally heard them chanting was in the third quarter, and you could just hear it. You could feel <laughs> the energy. The camera would go to them all the time. They were chanting Team LeBron. Team. LeBron, and Did you hear them was- say Beat
0: LeBron? Beat LeBron. Le- or maybe they said Team LeBron, but I kept hearing Beat LeBron. That was awesome. That's like but the yeah, beat I, LA chance that they have all over the place. That I
4: think that was the key to everything because, you know, yeah, playing for a charity is one thing, but when you're playing for a charity that you can see the yeah. the people that it's going to whole different type of ball game. And yeah, it was really this, the whole second half It's you know, it started in the third quarter. Some, I felt like they're more into the game, but the fourth quarter was just absolutely incredible. And the fact that, with the third quarter ending in a tie, it made the fourth quarter even Up more the with yeah. yeah, and I thought they were going to split the 100k and you know 50-50. I didn't know the exact rule on that if they ended in a tie and it just carried over to the fourth, so it made the fourth quarter
0: that much more exciting. It was a it was amazing. It was and it, it's it's so great and you said that it's maybe more exciting than what the finals was because you had all the guys there. I mean, you turned the corner and every single guy is an literally an all-star, but every guy's an all-NBA guy. Every guy has been in big moments before. Uh, guys like Luka Doncic couldn't see mo- couldn't see minutes in the fourth quarter. I mean, this is the the number one player and MVP candidate for another team that we both cover and we're biased to, but Nikola Jokic couldn't see any time. Like, Russell Westbrook couldn't see any time in the fourth quarter. Like, it was just crazy to watch all those guys. And the, the one thing that stuck out to me, besides, obviously, the intensity, the kids, the charity, all that stuff, was... The fouls that were being argued and the mm-hmm. fact that if you're a ref in an all-star game, you go and ref an all-star game, you're thinking, oh, it's gonna be a fun weekend. I got a free trip to Chicago, I'm gonna, you know, hang out and probably go to some, you know, some NBA events and have fun, get to walk around and basically talk to all these all-star guys mid-game, because they're all just gonna joke around. And then all of a sudden, this game turns competitive, like just like that. And all of a sudden, you have LeBron, Chris Paul, James Harden, and Anthony Davis all in your face after every call, and Kyle Lowry on the other side, and Giannis—just like every single big, like big name player that argues every single call is right there in your face. And I just thought that was one of the biggest indicators that this has actually worked, right? It was sucks for the refs, yeah. but it was a great well, indicator that this worked.
4: Well, after the game, I, you know, I was just scrolling on Twitter, like a lot of you, and I was like, "Man, there's not." much in the world that unites NBA Twitter like this all-star
0: format is right now. I mean, everybody loved this format. Fergie being awful at the at the national anthem was the last thing I think last year. Shaka Khan. (laughs) Oof.
4: Falling in the footsteps. Um, (laughs) Falling in the footsteps. Like, yeah, let's keep this thing going. But no, and I was so I was thinking about that and then I immediately thought, is there anybody zagging right now? Like, you know, like is there anybody that really hates this? Like today. Yeah, who who has that? And you know who it is? It's the refs. They're pissed right now, okay? Because they thought this was going to be a cakewalk. And all of a sudden, the second half, in this fourth quarter, they actually like they had to hear arguments they had to be complained to and they had to get into the game a lot so uh, I think that's the only demographic right now is the referees that uh, didn't like the end of this game.
0: Yeah, that's probably the only one. Uh, what do we think about the ending lineups because that's kind of one of these big things that you know we talk about like Ken when we see all the great guys on the floor at once who were the guys? That LeBron, like Team LeBron and Frank Vogel, trust, and then Nick Nurse and you know Team Giannis. Who do they trust? Uh, and it came down to for Team LeBron, it was LeBron, <laughs> Kawhi, Anthony Davis, James Harden, and then Chris Paul, one of the best clutch players in the NBA. And for Team Giannis, it ended up being Embiid, Giannis, Siakam, uh, Kemba. And then Kyle Lowry, a, a champion that's been out there. And obviously, you understand it from Nick Nurse's perspective, right? Like he just won a championship with this guy. That's one of his guys. He went out with the Raptors. But what did you think about Team LeBron, you know, going with Chris Paul instead of Luca? And and all biases, you know, out of the table because we are the hosts of Locked On Mavericks
4: for sure. And I didn't mind it at all. And it's kind of twofold. One, Chris Paul was having a really good game. He was shooting the lights out from of the ball. You, you know, he shot sixty three percent from three point line in this game. But two. I think it was kind of like an honor thing of, I mean, this is probably Chris Paul's last All-Star game, right? I mean, Yeah, don't say that to his face, though. (laughs) No, but I'm saying, like, I understood, you know, that fourth quarter. You know, I I think that was more of, hey, this could be Chris's last All-Star game. He's one of the greatest point guards that's that's played the game. Luke is going to be here for the next, what, 10, 15 years in this game. So I actually understood that a lot. And Kyle Lowry on the other side for Trey Young at the end of the game. You didn't need another guy who's going to chuck it from thirty feet. You need a guy to draw the charges like he did. Like you needed, you need a guy basketball wise that was bringing what Kyle Lowry's bringing. So I actually like both of those moves, and that's with me covering Luka every day.
0: There's just another level that some of these veteran players can get to uh, mentally. I think just knowing what to do, knowing you know where to, you know where to be, and how to play off of guys, and you know how to respond in big moments. And you trust those guys that have been there. I mean, all those guys multi multi time All Stars have been in huge moments. They've all been in big playoff games, except for maybe Anthony Davis. But um, Oof. he got close. He won a he, he won one series. He won one series, but that's true. Well, those free throws at the end had
4: me worried a little bit. Like, when he on, missed bro, the first
0: you. one, I got I out know. of my chair. Hometown AD in his hometown. Like you cannot yeah. miss in your hometown in front of those kids. Oh man, that would have been wild. Uh, let's talk about Kyle Lowry and the Charges, though. Do we want I'm all here for it. I'm down. Do we want it to work that well though? The new format change worked, but do we want it to work so well that we're I love it, and we're <laughs> Oh, and it had to happen against James Harden, too. That really yes. late one on the three point shot that should have won the game. Kyle Lowry flops and they call it really late and it <laughs> the shot is waved off. Are we Nick, there? Are Nick, we here you, for it?
4: You saw a flop. I saw Harden lower the shoulder and uh that was the offensive Can foul. He lower so. his shoulders? <laughs> I don't know if he did, but I will just say I, I'm all for it. I, I just loved every bit of the intensity in the game. I love that Kyle Lowry is trying to draw a charge on Kawhi and LeBron and those guys. I love the intensity that Anthony Giannis – Davis
0: under the basket.
4: <laughs> I that was my only grab at the end. I don't know what how you can even fix that, but I hated that it ended on a free throw the, and I know that's just whatever.
0: I saw a fix from a couple of people is take away team fouls. So you don't you don't accumulate team fouls. You just get the ball back. And so it yeah. wouldn't be five team fouls and then you get free throws on a non shooting. Like so that like Kyle Lowry pulling Anthony Davis' arm under the basket, that's a non shooting foul. so you don't get free throws from that. That's that's the tweak that I think they should change because What if then, you just
4: take it out on on any foul, shooting foul or not, just so it doesn't end on the yeah. free throw. Or just there,
0: or just there's no free throws, which is totally fine. Like the one thing about free throws yeah. is it gives the guys a little break, but I mean <laughs> yeah. all starter. That's that's probably the one change we'd make, right?
4: I think that, yeah, really. I mean, that I think the you know, first three quarters, you know, it's kind of weird. The whole, like, you know, first quarter. The scoreboard, I think the graphics on it was kind of weird for me. How much they crammed into the graphic at the bottom right the during the fourth quarter. The scoreboard qu- was so the, full. It was, it was wild. But uh, my wife walked in in the second quarter, and she's like, this game's been on for a while. Why is it eight to eight? I'm like, well, <laughs> let's sit down for twenty minutes. Yeah, let's I'm talk about it. Uh, but no, I, I think it all worked. The kids being there was amazing. The basketball in the fourth quarter was some of the most competitive, intense basketball that we've all wanted that the leagues wanted yeah. for so long. And they, I mean, they achieved it. They hit it perfectly of what you want in this All Star game. I think opposing GMs might be a little, uh, or not opposing, but any GM across the league was kind of you know what the player in that fourth quarter is. On the edge of their seat a little bit. There was a couple falls there from Embiid and Giannis, and some of these guys are like. Ben Simmons looked like he almost
0: twisted, like like broke his ankle on that one fall when he fell flat on his back.
4: Something that I always enjoy at the end these at the end of these All Star games is where does the ball go like that when you're the best of the best, the best ten players on the court, figuratively. You know, I can't wait to see KD, uh, Steph Curry, Dame, Kyrie. I want to see these guys in this format. I want to see the actual, you know, when those guys are out there. That's going to make it even better. But I just like seeing where some of these guys. I like seeing that in this format. Sometimes for Giannis's team, it was getting the ball to Joel Embiid and yeah. however, whoever wants to take their shots at Embiid. It was ten best players on the court, and it was getting the ball to Embiid in the post, and you know, doing the you know fadeaway on LeBron was nasty. You know, just seeing. I think I think it's a, not to try to read too much into it, but I think it is a little bit telling of that. Giannis wasn't just taken over there at the end of the game, and what does that look like when it comes to playoff time? Of hey, like if he's so I, you know, I, I like seeing when it's competitive where the ball goes at the end of these fourth quarters in the All Star game.
0: Yeah, so All Star game, we're in on it. We love it. We love the format change coming up. Let's get into the Rising Stars Challenge with Doug Branson from Locked On Hornets, and then we'll talk about the slam dunk, the slam dunk contest. Aaron Gordon robbed again. We'll talk about that with Philip Rossman-Reich of Locked On Magic. Guys, stick with us here on Locked On NBA.
5: No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.
0: And welcome in the host of the Lockdown Hornets podcast, Doug Branson, the co-host, one of them. There's a bunch of you guys over there. A team that occupied maybe a fourth of all the players on Team USA, the Hornets had three guys. How did you think your, uh, your Hornets showed up in this game?
6: Yeah, I think they really filled out the rising part of the Rising Stars (laughs) Challenge. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly, you know, Zion Williamson, Trey Young, Ja Morant, those are the stars. But then you had Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, and P.J. Washington, the rising part. And really, it was the bench that sort of stepped up for Team USA and uh got them out of their funk and and eventually won the game and and miles with the mvp i mean it's impressive miles has uh, went into that rising stars game with a little bit of regular season momentum and a little bit of confidence and it's nice to see him take that and maybe maybe take the third quarter a little more seriously than everyone else and uh and put on a show
0: it's pretty cool to have three starters in the rising stars game right like you said that they are the rising part of the stars but it's pretty cool to have a young core that's playing like meaningful minutes on your team uh, however you want to define meaningful for the hornets right now but uh they're playing meaningful minutes for your team right now
6: yeah i think so especially i mean if you look at the the past draft misses that have been a a staple of this hornets franchise one of them is on uh, our
0: team right now michael carter williams <laughs>
6: That's right. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. and and that was a player that they they brought into the organization that was a draft miss uh, elsewhere. but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean this th- this is uh, it's it's been rough in the draft uh, for the past uh, I'd say five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years for the Charlotte Hornets. So it's nice to see uh, not only first round lottery picks play well for the Hornets, but also uh, you've got uh, second round picks and Devonte Graham. Playing well as well.
0: So Miles Bridges gets the MVP. Um, of those three guys, though, is he the MVP of that group for you for the Hornets going forward, or which one of those guys do you think is the, you know, the next like potential star? No, I think that right
6: now is Devontae Graham, and he's slipped a little bit. The Sheen has worn off of his three point shot as defense has started to adjust and force him to take more two point shots. He he wasn't very effective at that at first, but it seems like in the past Ten games or so, he's really figured out that touch on his on his floater and his ability to get inside and finish has improved as well. So I think he's going to eventually put all that together and be a future star for this uh, Hornets team. Uh, and, and his three-point shot, I think, will return as well as defenses have to adjust to multiple levels of scoring from Devontae Graham. Uh, Miles Bridges, again, I think he struggled at the beginning of this season as he was put into a starting role for the first time. And then there was this surprise in P.J. Washington, the rookie that all of a sudden uh, forced his way into a starting role. I mean, they had no choice but to start P.J. because of how well he had played uh, in the preseason. And so I think that was an issue for Miles at first, like adjusting to how well P.J. was playing. And they played similar styles almost. And uh, I think that, that that hurt Miles in a, in a certain way. But, but he has gained confidence. Uh, P.J. was hurt for a little while. It allowed uh, Miles Bridges to really find his role on this team. And he's continued that, even though P.J. Washington back in the rotation.
0: The main story, I think, from this game, besides maybe the dunk contest that broke out at the end of the Rising Stars game, was John Morant and Zion Williamson. I mean, those guys just going back and forth. They had the the, you know, the rapport already built up from high school. I think the announcers may have said that 12 or 15 times that they played together on AAU in, in high school, but John Morant and Zion Williamson throwing lobs to each other was so much fun in this game. Uh, there's highlights all over the Locked On NBA net, um, Twitter and Instagram, so you can go check those out. Uh, Doug, what did you think about John Morant throwing lobs Zion? It just just makes this game so much fun.
6: Well, look, man, I, I don't know if all of this player movement and player independence is good for the league, the health of the league, but I want to see John Morant and Zion Williamson on the same team at some point in their career. Like These guys just feel – destined to play together at some point I don't know if it's for the Grizzlies I don't know if it's for the pelicans I don't know if it's for some team out in la at some point <laughs> but I would just love to see these two the next uh, together oh, wait, what <laughs> oh man don't 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 do that don't do that sorry. I care about you sorry Nick. sorry don't Knicks do fans. that to yourself sorry. Uh, but but it, you know I mean that's fantastic. And by the way, Zion, you knew you broke the rim. I saw he oh, said yeah. he didn't know that is do Don, why do these players lie? Why do they get it? Why do they get to the All Star game and they lie? And, it's crazy. And Zion, Zion you of course. You Zion knew seems you did that. one of
0: the most like contrite, like honest, like humble humans, right? Anytime you interview him or anytime he's talked on a podcast like JJ Reddick's podcast or wherever, he just he just seems such like a down to earth, contrite person. And to lie about the rim, maybe he just. Being that big, maybe you just don't feel it, right? Like guys sometimes don't realize they're so big, and they it's like a it's like a big dog, right? Big dogs don't realize they're big dogs, and they'll jump in your lap, and like they're like you're not a small dog, you can't just you know, jump in my lap. Maybe he just doesn't realize how strong he really is. Uh, maybe,
6: pretty, maybe, but I but I saw amazing. that that. I saw that backboard, Nick, and it bothered me so much because it reminded me of my computer monitor. You know when your computer monitor is just like slightly tilted and then you off. try to tilt it back to the other way and it gets like like that just those kind of things bother me. I was like, somebody please fix this backboard.
0: <laughs> yeah, Zion Williams and dunking and then the, the actual huge, the stanchion actually just moving and tilting the backboard. That was wild. Uh, the other big story, I guess, for this game was Luca's half court shot right before halftime. Uh, the gift that just keeps on giving uh is is Luca and Trey Young watching it fly in the air and then them looking at each other and just Trey Young and Luca just laughing and smiling. And you know, Isaac Harris, my co-host on Lockdown Mavericks, had the best caption. Uh with the second pick in the 2018 draft, the Sacramento Kings elect Marvin Bagley, and it's just Luca and Trey Young laughing it off. Jeez. Um but the story behind that is that Trey Young looked looked at Luca and say, Don't pass it, pull up from there. And, and Luca just pulled up from right there, hit the half-court shot, it banked in, of course. It was one of the most fun moments of, of the Rising Stars game for, for me and probably a lot of other people.
6: Well, you hit on the, the key word there, Nick, fun. Like, it was a fun Rising Stars game because you had players that were having fun. They were enjoying themselves, smiling, challenging one another. And I think, look, it's clear from that Rising Stars game that the NBA is going to be fine in terms of talent, But I just love that these players were having a good time. John Moran, Zion Williamson, Luka Doncic, Miles Bridges. It's clear that these players love playing the game and, and they're all looking to dominate it in a certain way and that's that's the thing that stands out to me about Luka and I don't know if he does this in regular season games but he was out there dominating players and smiling the entire time and I'm pretty sure I've seen him do it in a regular season game. That's, <laughs> that is dominance. It's not just beating your opponent down. It's beating them down with a smile on your face. That's what separates Luka to me. That's what puts him in a different tier I think and will continue to put him in a different tier. MJ could do that. Michael Jordan could beat you down, talk trash to you, and then smile and shrug. And that's what Luca has. Luca has the different things.
0: There's a really good gift that I tweeted out on my account, at Nick Van Exit, uh, of Luca driving on Jaron Jackson Jr., and he just has this smile on his face the entire time, like open mouth smile as he drives right past him. And Jaron Jackson Jr. wasn't playing that great a defense. I mean, it's the Rising Stars game, but that's exactly what you're talking about, is that these guys just love playing and can put a smile on their face and just own the the person in front of them. Uh, I think up to that point, too, These guys all know each other. Like, these guys have all played together. They've all been around each other in rookie symposiums and in other things before. And for whatever that's doing for the competition of the NBA, for weekends like this, it makes the NBA feel more like a family and feel more together. Uh, And I think that's a positive thing overall. Just the vibe of guys, you know, pulling for each other. We saw the dunk contest, people reaching out and, you know, tweeting and all this stuff. Uh, I think that's just a positive overall for the NBA.
6: And I think too, you know, the Rising Stars game, th- this was a very fun game and it was because there was so much talent. They were all having fun together. And that doesn't necessarily translate into the NBA All-Star game, and that's part of the reason I think you've seen all of these rule changes to bring some excitement to the game, but I think also to bring some excitement to the players. Because in years past in the actual NBA All-Star game, it just it didn't feel like, they were having a good time. It wasn't entertaining in that way. It felt almost to me at least like they were going through the motions, like this was something that they all had to do. They weren't they were they were both simultaneously not being competitive and also not being fun. I don't know how you managed to do both of those things. <laughs> but I think this rising stars game gives you a glimpse at what the NBA All-Star game could be, even if they played a regular basketball game, if if everyone didn't take it so darn seriously or not seriously enough somehow simultaneously
0: <laughs> yeah gotta find a little bit in the middle um and then the dunk contest that broke out at the end uh just a bunch of missed dunks i mean we got to see maybe potential for zion and uh, you know some of his dunk contest ideas uh but i thought that that was pretty cool at the end
6: yeah absolutely i mean i want to and hopefully for the for the sake of the dunk contest that was an actual preview nick that we do get some of these players though they got to figure this judging thing out. I know I wasn't brought on to talk oh, yeah. about the dunk contest, but they're never going to get these big stars, Zion, Ja, Trey, none of these guys are going to put themselves out there to be embarrassed like Aaron Gordon was. So if the NBA, I mean, I I know this is kind of, it's a fun thing, right? It's a dunk contest. It's not really that serious, but if you want to keep doing it, then you you got to figure out a way to do it right
0: exactly exactly we'll we'll talk to uh we're actually talking to philip rossman reich about that uh and his his own aaron gordon that got robbed so we'll talk to him about that uh doug appreciate you coming on tell everybody where they can find you
6: yeah you can find us on the locked on hornets podcast myself walker Mail, who is the host of the wake-up call on espn charlotte uh we we do it every day
0: there you go follow them there doug thanks so much for joining us
3: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And now, welcome into Locked On NBA, the host of the Locked On Magic Podcast, Philip Rossman Reich. Philip, how are you doing?
3: I, I'm doing pretty good. Still, still catching my breath after the uh, All-Star game there.
0: <laughs> yeah, the All-Star game was, was incredible. The new format was great. Um, but we're here to talk about the dunk contest because your guy, Aaron Gordon, robbed again what is up with aaron gordon and Dunn contests
3: i i don't know man it's it just it, maybe it's you know frankly maybe it's because he's on the magic and the magic are such a kind of low profile team but for whatever reason just the judges just don't like Aaron Gordon or or they don't like him enough or he's just in the wrong spot. I I don't know what it is. The people spoke. It was very clear leaving that arena or or just feeling the energy of that arena through the TV screen that Aaron Gordon had the crowd in the palm of his hands. And and apparently that doesn't matter. So, you know, Commodus is going to decide to kill kill Maximus. So there you go.
0: Man, Aaron Gordon, five 50-point dunks in a row. He averaged 49 and a half. For his eight dunks that he did uh or how many how many did he do he did it did six yeah six total and the, dunks and the one the one, one
3: that the one that he did not score 50 on is probably the dunk we're gonna remember most from the contest when he <laughs> when he scaled taco fall uh,
0: yeah so Aaron Gordon goes up against Derrick Jones jr uh in the in the first round we'll, we'll skip past that uh the only weird thing in the first round was Dwight Howard's 49 with that weird dunk uh, with the the Kobe the, the Kobe
3: tribute slash yeah, Superman. Superman, he got which, a couple. Which, he got he got a couple
0: points for the tribute, I think.
3: Which which Magic fans certainly appreciated because Jameer Nelson came out of the yeah. woodworks to, to to throw him the lob and put the Superman cape on. So Ma- Magic fans were definitely okay with the forty nine there.
0: Yeah, where did Jamir Nelson come from? I mean, lit- quite literally, and then in the actual, I mean threw it from in the crowd. It felt like.
3: Yes, <laughs> and then the original the originals is better though. Let's let, let's make that perfectly clear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and that's a duo you guys probably missed too. Um, and then we go to the, the final round. It's Aaron Gordon versus Derek Jones Jr. First two dunks. Aaron Gordon he goes over chance the rapper and reaches back. I mean, this was this was quite the dunk where he just reaches back behind him and, and two hand dunks it, and then he throws the off the backboard three sixty windmill from Markel Fultz. One one handed three sixty windmill. It should be noted <laughs> that was that was probably maybe my favorite dunk of the night. Uh, it was creative. It was using different elements. I just thought that, that was a great dunk. Derek Jones Jr. does you know jumps over two guys, goes between the legs, and then jumps over one guy off the backboard between the legs. Uh, I don't know if Derek Jones Jr. dunked at all without putting the ball between his legs in this contest.
3: yeah, I mean, and and it's it, you know unfortunately for 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 Aaron Gordon fans, it felt very similar to what Zach Levine did. Again, I, I want to make this perfectly clear before we go anywhere. Derek Jones Jr. is a heck of a dunker. I always thought it was going to be those two guys, and almost every other year, Derek Jones Jr. wins the wins the dunk contest because because he is an incredible leaper, and he showed that. And the dunks that he had were amazing, fantastic dunks. So I want to make that clear: this is not an anti-Derek Jones Jr. thing, but Aaron Gordon just he had the the I feel like in a dunk contest, how the crowd reacts, how the crowd pops to 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 your to your reaction, how the other NBA All Stars sitting on the bench react to what you're doing. That should matter. And 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 just like against Zach Levine, who very similarly did a lot of stuff, you know, jumping from the three free throw line, just a lot of kind of long jumps. And, and, and again, Zach Levine, incredible in 2016 as well. But what, did he really do any variation of things? Did he really kind of change things up? I mean, yes, Aaron Gordon did a lot of jumping over Chance the Rapper and grabbing the ball from his hand, but he did something different with each dunk and, and did something kind of new and unique or or some new test of agility. That, that, that I think was really fascinating to watch. It just, every single thing was just like, how does the human body do that in time before they land? Um, it, it's just, it, it's just frustrating because you could definitely tell that, that Aaron puts the create, creative juices into these things a, a, and does something that we've never seen in a dunk contest. And he just keeps getting beat by guys that are, are doing different variations of seemingly the same dunk.
0: Yeah, that's where I think the frustration comes from, and then we'll talk about the conspiracy with Dwayne Wade a little bit later. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that, but so that's the final round, and then they they end up tying. They get all fifties in the final round, which is awesome. They go to a dunk off, which this was kind of the weird thing for Aaron Gordon is that he said he only had how many dunks prepared before he came into this
3: dunk contest. So he he said he said that you know they, they're told to prepare four dunks. After what happened in 2016, I, I can't imagine that Gordon didn't have a fifth dunk planned. Um I think he said and back in 2016 that that he didn't expect to have another dunk and, and was a little gassed and and didn't know really what to do and that fi- I have to imagine that fifth dunk he had an idea of what he was going to do maybe he didn't practice it as intensely but but I think he had an idea that sixth dunk the final dunk he was just looking for ideas and drag and and just literally dragged Taco Fall onto the floor to <laughs> dunk over him
0: he got pressured into doing it almost like <laughs> Hey, hey, Orlando,
3: Orlando guys got each other's back. Aaron, Aaron wasn't gonna leave Taco out there hanging.
0: Yeah, and Taco, he went to UCF, right?
3: That's that's right. Yeah, he went to UCF. He's 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 a proud, proud, proud adopted son of Orlando.
0: And uh, the joke going around Twitter was that Taco went to UCF. He should just declare Aaron Gordon the the champion, right?
3: (laughs) That's what the UCF. So they go. That's what that's what we do down here.
0: (laughs) They go to the dunk off. and Aaron Gordon goes you know, over Chance the Rapper between the legs. He goes over Taco, gets the 47 on the over Taco. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. does off the side of the backboard between the legs and then the almost free throw line windmill dunk. Uh, what was your take on, on the Taco fault dunk? Because some people were saying, well, he didn't really clear him. You know, it didn't really count. What your take on that?
3: I mean, it, when you look at all these guys, I mean, uh, even what Derek Jones Jr. did Dunking over people, like he pushed off on Bam Adebayo on on one of the early dunks, and then yeah. he did kind of the displayed leg to avoid to avoid hitting the guy's thing too. So, if if the if the criteria is he needed to clear them, the 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 precedent was already sent that you don't actually have to like Vince Carter jump over them, <laughs> um you don't have to you don't have to Frederick Weiss them, um, to 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 even get as high as Aaron did get to the rim and he hung on he hung on that rim like he embellished it he did all all the all the dra- window dressing that you want to see from it over a guy who's 7 foot 6 like that's that's kind of what you almost see in a game if you're trying to dunk over a guy like that it it was still an impressive feat it, it it's it, i i i don't really buy that argument uh, you know it, it the question to me is you know maybe you know if you want to break down the technical aspects of it then yeah yeah he didn't clear him but I feel like a dunk contest is so much more about the emotion and, and how you feel in the building and, and how you react to the moment. And, you know, that's why, like the Pat Connaughton dunk, where he hit the backboard first and then dunked it, that's a really impressive hard dunk, but people didn't see it or realize what they saw until the replay. Um, you know, I think I think Gordon had an issue with that in, in 2016 when he did between, he he put the ball between his legs and then back over his head for a dunk. It happened so fast nobody really understood what they what they were seeing. That was the one then, where
0: stuff was spinning, right? He was on like
3: No, the, no, no, no. This so the the last dunk in his dunk off with Zach Levine, it's it, it looks like a relatively simple dunk, but he jumped up, put the ball, you know, lowered the ball between his legs and then back and then back over or no, he went over his head between his legs and then reversed it. And it it happened so fast like live you didn't really you, you, there was no buzz, you didn't know what happened, but then they showed it on the replay, and it was just like, oh, oh my god! Like he did that. And, and a dunk contest is so much about raw emotion, and you got to be able to show as much as perform the dunk.
0: Yeah, and there, there, there is something about the energy too, where guys are just hitting dunk after dunk, and they're not, um, you know, they're not missing their dunks. There's just an, an energy with a dunk contest that travels from, from you know, dunk to dunk, and then it kind of goes to the judges too, because once you start giving out fifties, it's you know, it's like candy at that point, right? You're just throwing it out, and so the conspiracy comes. You know, at the very end, Common um, told Ramona Shelburne that everyone had agreed at the very last dunk in the dunk off that they were going to both, you know, rank both the dunks a 48 or rank both of them the same thing. And uh, Derek Jones Jr. goes, he gets a 48. Then then Aaron Gordon goes over Taco, and the, the, <laughs> the score is about to come up. And everyone looks over at Dwayne Wade when the score you know, pops up. He was the one that gave him a nine, uh, and two others gave him a nine, but it seemed like they had coordinated something, and then Dwayne Wade, who, of course, Miami guy, Derek Jones Jr., Miami guy, uh, decides to give, you know, Aaron Gordon the, the nine instead of the 10 like he maybe was supposed to, like they were coordinating. Do you buy into the conspiracy?
3: I, 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 I want to not believe in it, but it's, I, 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 before we get into that, I want to just note the shock that I mean, you talk about like pops and crowd reaction. There was audible shock when when that score came up. Like people were like, what just happened? What what is going on? So it definitely feeds into this belief that there there was some conspiracy. Um I don't want to completely absolve Chadwick Bozeman and Scottie Pippen because if there were <laughs> some grand conspiracy, you know, wouldn't Dwayne Wade volunteer and say, hey I'll give him a nine, you know, D- DJ's my guy. I'm not going to go against him. I'm not going to be one of the guy- people that gives him a 10 common or Scotty. One of you guys give him a 10. It's not going to be me. Um, so I, I, I find it really hard to believe if there was something coordinated that they would leave it to Dwayne Wade to make that choice. <laughs> um, you know, maybe they did it.
0: Maybe he agreed. Maybe, maybe they didn't.
3: I mean, but everyone certainly seemed to look at him and, and you know, there's the Zapruder film is out now that Wade was already taking his headset off <laughs> at that point. Um, I don't I don't think that that's the case. I think something very similar to what happened at the end of that 2016 contest happened. They knew they were getting the rap signal, you know, like we got, hey, we got to get off the air. You know, these guys don't have any more dunks. They, they just, they, it, it just felt like they just wanted to end it. And, and unfortunately, that's very dissatisfying for the fans. Um, but it just felt like Aaron went last again, just like he did in 2016. And that meant he got the short end of the stick.
0: There you go. Philip Rossman Reich, tell everybody where
3: they can find you. Uh, you can find me, of course, on Locked On Magic and follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD.
0: There you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA.
3: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.